Welcome back to Community Voices on 91.9 UIS, NPR, Illinois. I'm Randy Eccles for the Community Voices team. We are happy to have back with us actually an extended part of the family, the Front Row Network, a couple of the primary folks behind it, Craig McFarland and also Jeremy Geckner. Once in a while, something pretty unique happens to folks in the community, and it seems that that's what happened with you recently. You ended up going out to Portland to basically moderate Comic-Con type events? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this was a place called Fan Expo. They actually bought up a company also called Wizard World uh, a few years ago. They do uh, fan conventions like Comic-Cons all over the country. For a long time, we were covering them as press and just doing interviews where we could. Eventually, we just got the idea to ask them like, hey, you know, we've been interviewing celebrities and a lot on our podcast for a while. If you ever need any panel moderation, we would love to try it out. They gave us a shot in St. Louis in 2022, and they liked us enough to uh, bring us back out to Portland. It was wild. We got to interview a lot of really cool people. Craig, give us a little background for somebody who might have missed previous conversations we had with you guys. What's the Front Row Network and how does that connect to this opportunity? We started, oh geez, eight years ago eight now. Eight years ago now. Wow. It's uh. incredible and it's grown since then into a lot of different shows covering lots of different pop culture. I have a show all about Disney. Uh, the two of us actually show, Ted do Lasso a show, show guys. Uh, <laughs> called Peanut Butter and Biscuits that'll be coming back strong with season three of Ted Lasso. Uh-huh. But we also have lots of other shows. We've got Hollywood Classics covered in Front Row Classics. In 2019, we had the wonderful opportunity to join as a Community Voices partner of NPR Illinois, that really helped open a lot of doors for us as well. We were able to do more covering things from the press side of things or being able to get some of these celebrities on our shows. And in particular, during the pandemic, yeah. a lot of people were at home and they were accepting more press <laughs> had, requests. Had nothing more to do. We took advantage. <laughs> do you do that by Zoom sometimes? We had a guest on. Uh, it's going to be coming out on a, our 200th episode of Beyond the Mouse. And she was talking about her Lego collection. She said, I would go and show you all the Legos, but I've got sweatpants on underneath here. I can't really stand up right now. It does happen. The podcasting thing is not new anymore. It's been around for a while and yet people are still finding it and it's sort of coming into its prime. We would encourage any podcasters in the area like the Front Row Network did, Jeremy and Craig, to, to contact us. We like to make sure we're featuring all of the different podcasters that are in the area. You can do that by contacting us at engage at nprillinois.org. Again, the email address is engage at nprillinois.org. Back to the Portland, it wasn't Comic-Con. What do they call it? I'm sure so, Comic-Con's registered I mean, somewhere. what you think of as Comic-Con is typically the San Diego Comic-Con International. That's the big one that happens every summer. Aside from those, there's cons in all the major cities cities that are run by different groups. This one happens to be run by Fan Expo. They are a truly, really wonderful organization. We've been to a lot of conventions, covered them. They really do stand out for the fan experience that they give. Like everything they do is centered towards making sure the fans get to have those experiences that they get to take with them, whether it's signing autographs or photo ops or even the panels that we help moderate. It's all about making sure the fans have memories that they get to take with them. And that's what I love about that organization. There's a lot of really cool things to do at a con. So uh, oh, we yeah. got to moderate these panels with celebrities and we can talk about that here in a second. The comic cons really started with the artists. And so you get a chance mm-hmm. to go down artist alley and see all these comic creators and their amazing work. And they're doing commissions and sketches right, right there, there on the floor. And it's amazing. they usually have family zones. Now a family zone might have like a cartoon artist that's teaching kids how to draw or, mm-hmm. and they might have things like, this had a Harry Potter experience where you could do the sorting hat. It's cool because they're really trying to get the whole family involved. It's not just about the celebrities. It's really more about 
about the entire experience. That's where Fan Expo excels. From an outside perspective, we were employed by Fan Expo. <laughs> yes. uh, they did pay us. We should probably make Full that disclosure. Here, yeah. disclosure. <laughs> but they did, even being someone that attended a lot of different cons in the past, they do a, a good job of getting everything together and really including everyone. If somebody has been a fan of Big Bang Theory, they've gotten a sense of some of that culture because oh, yeah. the, the narrative of that show has them going to conventions quite often. Do you see cosplay at it too? Do you, oh, did boy. you have to cosplay as a moderator? You know, here's the fight. We always uh, get asked that. They don't discourage it. Um, but, you know, we try to keep a little bit of professionalism. The cosplay is amazing. And for those who don't know what that is, it's literally just dressing up as your favorite characters from pop culture, whether they're animated or movies or anything. There are some incredibly talented people. I mean, not even just like the cleverness. Like I saw a really good Dr. Evil who had like a little mini me and like a, a papoose thing or something on his chest. Some of the ones who are like more fans of like anime and animated properties and manga and stuff, the costume ideas they come up with to bring these animated characters that are already surrealist and larger than life and bring them into like a more tactile form. It's it's incredible engineering mm-hmm. um, on their part. I actually had the wonderful experience of talking to Leah Thompson. She starred in Howard the Duck. And yes. so there was a guy sitting in the audience with this humongous Four. Howard the Duck head. <laughs> and it's just like, how are you even answering questions of Howard the Duck just staring at you right there? But so it's, it's really fun. They do a lot of cosplay competitions as well. Friendly competitions. It's just really a way to get out and express yourself, which I think is great. Involving the whole family in that too, because that expression can go throughout your whole life. And these pieces of pop culture are really important to us. You can't see us, but Jeremy's wearing his Ted Lasso stuff. <laughs> I'm wearing a Premier League team thing because we're ready for Ted Lasso to start. Mm-hmm. You know, It really does kind of impact you in different ways, which I think is cool. They're pretty good in most cases for the whole family. I would oh, say yeah. so, yeah. They try to make sure that any of the cosplay is appropriate and everyone's clothed correctly <laughs> and everything. Some of the panels, depending on who the person is, you'd have to watch that. I might say, don't bring yeah. the little kiddos to Bruce Campbell. But no, outside uh, of that, you know. From my point of view, uh, Ron Perlman either. Um, he is very blunt. Um, there was a, an occurrence at this con where he started using some curse language. There was a, like a 13-year-old boy in the front row. His parents were laughing about it. And he basically just looked at it. He's just like, you're going to have to learn it eventually, kid. Might as well learn it from Uncle Ronnie. Um, and so the whole con is very family-friendly, I think. It seems the first exposure I saw to something like this was Star Trek conventions. Mm-hmm. What you thought at times is that you're going to meet the first dead red shirt who was in an episode you don't even remember. But that's not the case. I mean, in Portland, you were talking to A-list folks. It yeah. really, uh, I think, changed over time. And now people are very interested in coming to those kind of cons. It's funny you missed in Star Trek. One of the panels that I did was the stars of TNG, The Next Generation. But they're also starring right now in Picard Season 3. So yeah. I had Will Riker, Jonathan Frakes. I had Data, Brent Spiner, and then also Beverly Crusher. And that's Gates McFadden. It was cool to be able to have a chance to talk to them. I mean, these are the people that I grew up watching as a TNG fan. It's really neat the types of people that you're able to get at these conventions. Yeah. Jeremy, you know, to, uh, as we record this, yeah. uh, The Mandalorian is out on Disney+. Plus. Jeremy got to talk to basically the whole cast. Yeah, minus, you know, Pedro Pascal. But yeah, I got to moderate with Katie Sackhoff, Carl Weathers, and Ming-Na Wen. I got to talk to all three of them, like, right in a row, one after the other. It was, like, a couple weeks before The Mandalorian Season 3 was coming out, so I tried my best, guys, but they would not let anything slip. But hey, it's out now. You can all go watch it. Also, the big thing about this Portland one was they had a reunion of the Back to the Future cast. They had literally Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, who Craig got to talk to, and Tom Wilson. I think kind of the first time all four of them had actually been together for a very, very long time. I was going to say, I think I've seen the picture going around social media. It was amazing to, like, 
be in that room. You should have just heard the outpouring of love, not just for all of them, but especially when Michael J. Fox came out. This outpouring of love, and they did an entire video too of people telling what their favorite scene in the movie was and why it meant so much to them. And again, it just reiterates the fact these are just movies and, and TV properties to some people, but these are things that shape us as human beings. You know, the art we consume, the, the movies and stuff that we watch teach us things about ourselves and about the world around us. This is a way for us to celebrate all of that. This whole area has changed the entire cinema system. We're, we're talking about multiple universe of intellectual property now <laughs> of what people are making, you know, mm -hmm. basically independent films or, or films that were one-offs. You don't see very much anymore. It's all about franchise. I got to see a bit of Ron Perlman's panel that Jeremy moderated and Ron Perlman brought that up that he likes yeah. to do independent films because of yeah. that fact, right? This, this is very interesting. Like if you go to Ron Perlman's like IMDb page, it's like littered with a lot of films that you've probably never heard of. And they are lower budget independent films. His very first film he did with Guillermo del Toro, who is now, of course, an amazing Academy Award winning director. They're still very good friends, but he said their first film was a very independent, very low budget thing where a studio wasn't involved and they really got to explore the space. Even though he's got name cachet, he's got prestige, he's an Emmy and Golden Globe Award winning actor. He still does mostly independent films throughout the year because he just likes that process more. You will see every time like, oh, he was in Nightmare Alley, which is, you know, an Academy Award nominated film. And then like three direct to VOD like movies mm -hmm. that year. Those are just what he likes to do. And I think that's very refreshing from that side. And he also mentioned that the importance of those because yes. you get the next wave of directors. You get the next Guillermo the del next Toro Guillermo, yeah. um, because of these smaller independent films. So I thought that was pretty, that was a pretty cool answer to hear him talk about. Yeah, that one made me nervous, that one. But uh, he did, I was very pleased with that interview. <laughs> yeah, as, as an actor now, it's both a blessing and a curse. If you get cast in one of these franchises, mm -hmm. you have perhaps, if you look at like the Avengers or mm -hmm. Marvel, yeah. you have several movies you might get in a run. Could be a whole career of blockbusters. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you look at some of the people from the past, like in the Star Wars universe or Star Trek, or they get typecast and yeah. sometimes they can't find other roles. I, think I had a chance to speak with Matthew Lewis uh, at this. I moderated his panel. Matthew is Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter franchise. So he started when he was cast when he was 10 years old. The first movie came mm -hmm. out when he was 11. For a decade, he was Neville Longbottom. I got to ask him about the process of going out and trying to figure out what he was going to do next. And he actually said he had great advice from Alan Rickman, and that was <laughs> go out there and do the work and go do a play. Because then you'll get the honest feedback from the audience directly. You'll also get honest feedback from the critics. He said he went out and did his first play and everybody hated him in it. Um, <laughs> but he was able to kind of build. And so now he's still extremely active in the UK. He does a lot on the West End. He also has done a lot of uh, British television as well. Will he ever be in a franchise like Harry Potter again? Maybe, maybe not. He's a very talented actor. He acknowledges the importance of that role when talking to all these fans. But he also was able to start to move forward from it. It's kind of a, a cool way to see that. Same with Leah Thompson. Everybody wanted every question to be Back to the Future. As moderators, we try to dig a little bit deeper into yeah. their what they're doing and what they've got going on. She's now a director, a very accomplished director of a lot of a sitcoms lot, and sci-fi and everything else. That maybe more is what she's interested in talking about because she's never asked questions about that. Probably not Caroline in the City either. <laughs> yes, so. yeah. You know, somebody <laughs> did mention that to us when we were prepping, but uh, he's very right about that too. Like the job of moderating is so unusual because you want to ask questions that the audience wants to hear, but you also, as part of these sessions, we get like about 20, 15, 20 minutes of it. And then the rest is meant for the fans to line up at a microphone and ask what questions they want. And that's the real crux of what these are. Our job mainly is to do is to try to kind of get the celebrity comfortable and to get them in a place where their 
they're answering questions that kind of ease them up a bit so that then the fan interactions are so much more relatable and friendly. I think we did a pretty good job of that this year. I was pretty happy with it. Do you just see him on the stage or do you get yeah, to talk to I, him a little before or after? Or? We get to a little before. It, um, it really just depends on who it is because usually they're rushing from place to place because they're there yeah. also to sign autographs and to meet fans. I will say that um, Leah Thompson was so nice. She was so kind. We had a good interaction afterwards. I also am a huge Disney fan and so to moderate Jody Benson's panel was a pretty <laughs> big deal for me. Jody actually, she just changed her shoes from like tennis shoes to like dress shoes yeah. and so she was just sitting in the back changing her shoes but she was talking up a storm with me afterwards. There are a lot of times where it's just like, okay, they need to go. Matthew Lewis, a great point. He came in. I saw him for about two seconds. I said, hey, I'm your moderator. Let's go. Yep. And then <laughs> afterwards, it was like, hey, uh, you did a great job, mate, is what he said to me. And then he was out the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, and and again, th that's not even like a, a rudeness or a curtness thing. They literally are like, okay, we just ended here. I've got three minutes to go get to this autograph signing. And then right after that, they got to get to a photo op. They are constantly moving all yeah. around. So It's you know, work. Yeah, it's yeah. very much work <laughs> yeah. for them. You do get to interact a little bit, and it's fun to just even say hi and just tell them that you appreciate their do, work. Do you end up making connection and staying in touch with any of them? Well, Craig definitely did. <laughs> he accidentally got Leah Thompson's phone number, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Way to, way to bust that out. I know, right? <laughs> so if anyone needs Leah Thompson, yeah, Craig, Craig is the person to contact. contact. You know, no, sometimes would... we do. Like, uh, I got the uh, opportunity to interview Billy West. He's one of the most prolific voice actors in the history of the world. He, you know, remembered me from my time when I interviewed him in St. Louis. And that was actually kind of touching because it was over a year ago. And I'm sure he's done a bunch of these conventions since. You do make some connections. And of course, I, we had on Beyond the Mouse, my Disney show, we've talked to Jody Benson twice. She kind of knew me going in. She was like, wait, what are you doing in Portland? Are you from I Illinois? Know, yeah. Um, for, the, for those who don't know, Jody Benson. She played... Uh, She's a Disney legend. She played Ariel in The Little Mermaid as a voice actress. She's also a Tony-nominated Broadway mm -hmm. actress as well. She plays Barbie in the Toy Story in franchise the Toy Story as franchise, well. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so she's she's wonderful. But we have reached out to people afterwards and said, and actually we have a couple of asks out now uh, mm -hmm. to the Mandalorian cast that Jeremy had spoken to and said, hey, we moderated your panel. Would you like to come on our podcast? And sometimes, depending on schedules, that'll work out, and sometimes it won't. At least we get that ask out there. What is the chance that something like this comes to spring? I think there's lower level styles of it. I know that they do have a comic convention here, and that is primarily they're going to do things like cosplay, and they're also going to have those comic book artists. Definitely a great place to kind of check it out. With other areas close by, it'd be fun to see something like this. There was a Wizard World Peoria planned for mm -hmm. 2020, but of course that was canceled. I don't know if they will come back to Peoria again or if that is an option. They do have them all over the area, and I certainly would recommend going and checking them out if you can. Yeah, there's always going to be ones in the big cities like Chicago and stuff like that. The pandemic really hit businesses like Fan Expo and, and Wizard World really hard. They're dependent on people being there. They did like virtual ones and stuff like that, but there's nothing that can replicate the energy of being on that show floor and just seeing all the amazing artists and all the amazing people that love that art. If these conventions keep coming back full force as we continue to emerge, anything. Do you have any uh, moderation coming up on the we schedule? We do. We do. Yeah, so uh, our, our contact with Fan Expo has tentatively hired us for Fan Expo Day Denver, Denver, which will be in uh, late June, early July. Mm -hmm. um, really excited. They have lots of really cool guests. Vincent D'Onofrio is announced yeah, as a Vincent, guest there. Yeah, basically the Daredevil cast, Charlie Cox, has also been announced. Um, but they've also, my one, they've got a Scream reunion happening there. They've got Nev Campbell, Matthew Lillard, Skeet Ulrich, and Jamie Kennedy. That's the one that I want to put my <laughs> marker down on right now. But lots really, of really, really cool celebrities already there. Hopefully we'll get to do more than that in the future, too. Tip you might give to somebody who is a veteran and somebody who might be interested 
interested in going? Because a lot of times people travel to Denver or somewhere to see one. Just go and enjoy yourself. And if I can just give a little bit of advice to uh, podcasters or to content creators out there, the reason why we get to do all that we are doing is because we've just asked for it. Never be afraid to ask for something. The Mm -hmm. absolute worst thing that someone can tell you is no, or they don't respond to an email. You'll get over that quick. Just ask for it because you never know where it's going to lead. Jeremy, any last thoughts? I mean, that's that's been our mantra for a while now is we put in the work. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And if you're going to a con, breathe everything in. They have podcast stages where people do live podcast recordings. There was one that was all about panel that was all about pro wrestling and like horror filmmaking, like where those things intersect. There's so many cool things you can check out at these cons. It really is just a blast. If you're into it or if you haven't tried it but are interested, you may find Springfield's very own uh, moderating some of the panels at the next convention you go to. Thank you very much to Craig McFarland and Jeremy Geckner of the Front Row Network and now of whatever the group is that you're getting paid to moderate these conventions. It's very cool that Springfield has got a part in these all across the country. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, thanks to Fan Expo. And of course, thanks to NPR Illinois uh, with our connection. uh, The Community Voices connection with this podcast has been just amazing. It's been great. It's what's made it all possible. So thank you. That concludes today's Community Voices. Production assistance is provided by the Community Voices team. B. Bonner, Vanessa Ferguson, Tim Bowl, and Logan Bricker. Community Voices is a production of NPR Illinois.